Internet Brand Strategist, Sandra Beck, interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with a repeat guest, Bill O'Haran. So if you like what you heard today and you're going to hear today, check out some of the other episodes that are on TogiNet. You can go ahead and find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I think I hit them all. But (laughs) check out Bill O'Haran because he's got so much great parenting advice. He's also got a couple books out. You're going to want to. Bill, what's your website? Uh, wholecounseling.com, like Whole Foods, but Whole Counseling. Yeah, wholecounseling.com. I know a lot of you guys listen while you work. You listen while you're doing other things on the computer. So check out his website and see what's available there. We're going to talk today about holding a high vibration during challenges. And those challenges could be, you know, like for me, I'm going through cancer treatment. So that's kind of a challenge. I've been through a foreclosure. I've been through a divorce. I've been through, you know, the death of a parent. And I've been a veteran caregiver for my father for 10 years. So all of those things, Bill, I think are, are traumatic each in their own way. But how we show up every day, how we choose to interpret it is a really big difference. And, you know, every day I get up and the first thing I do in the morning, I have this, I have like one of those little toilet areas that's separate, has its own door. So I have all these things pasted on the wall. So kind of while I'm sitting there doing my business, I look at these things and I, I give I give thanks. I'm like, I'm health. I'm thankful for my healthy body. I'm thankful for my healthy mind. I'm thankful for my healthy spirit. I'm thankful for my healthy mind. I'm thankful for my healthy, whatever. And I go through this whole little ritual thing and then I feel really good. And then I go about my day and I have the same challenges as everybody else. But I will tell you, my reality is, is a little different. And how I feel going through the day is different. Can we talk about this? Like what, what is actually happening here? <laughs> First of all, Lori, just, I, I, it, I love your candor, you know, talking about the things you've gone through, the foreclosure and, you know, that's the warrior spirit and the warrior spirit's not a thought. It's not your brain, it's your heart. And, and um, you know, what, this topic of how we face challenges in our lives, you know, if we boil it all down, Einstein and all the great theorists and scientists said that our universe is based on friction. Second law of thermodynamics, two things are going to operate together until it dissipates. So we're designed as human beings, as mammals to confront friction, friction, the challenges, the fire. I say, stand in the fire of your own emotions. What you're doing is so strong because you said it earlier before we clicked on, we almost have to trick our adult mind to relaxing because it's only in the relaxed state when we slow down literally the electrons in our, in our adult brain that wants to fix things, sort things out and avoid emotions. We have to relax our mind so our heart can open up. And that's what you're doing when you're doing, I'm the same way, I've got post-its on all my, on all my uh, uh, mirrors and stuff. But what you're doing is you are allowing in that moment to, to let the mind swipe to the right and just kind of, relax a little bit and your spirit, your, the thing that animates you, your, and your heart. Think of this, Lori, your heart's got 40,000 brain neurons. 
your heart sends 5,000 more electromagnetic signals to your brain than your brain does to your head. We think our brain's in control, our brain's reacting. So the punchline is, if we can find ways like you are doing, like through my meditation, if we can find ways to take five minutes in our day to just breathe and relax, that five minutes is going to create a sense of stillness, quietness, let's put less craziness. And with that five minutes, you can now leverage that and approach your day, which is exactly what you're doing. You're basically saying, I've got all these things. Absolutely. What can I do with all these things? I, I can't do a lot today, right now, the second. But what can I do? Five minutes of deep relaxation. Now, here's the disclaimer. When we relax, old memories show up. When we relax, old sadnesses, old longings, old joys. Every time I encourage somebody which is basically my book is kind of a love story to meditation called Waking Up Marriage, but really it's encouraging people to do exactly what you're doing. Find that five minutes, relax, and it rejuvenates the electrons in your heart and belly, which then can send more positive signals out into the universe. And the last thing I'll say is that the way the scientists have proved the universe works, whatever way I'm vibrating right now, the universe is going to be drawn to that vibration. It can't be anything else. And there's thousands of books on that. You know, the, the, the secret, whatever the power of the secret, whatever that famous book was, said the same thing. So you come out in the world after your relaxation, you're vibrating differently. The universe is going to give you stuff that matches more your relaxed state than the crazy state. Well, yeah, I think any mom can recognize that when I'm in a bad way, Bill, and I come out, the kids all of a sudden, they react. They're like, mom's upset. What did I do? They might make more mistakes. They might get nervous. They might get combative, you know, back. And if I, you know, because my my happy place is always the bathroom with the door shut because the only place they don't follow me. Um, But I go in there and I calm myself down and I come out in a different state, you know, a different energetic state, a different emotional state, a different intellectual state, and just a different person. And when I come out a different person, the world shows up and kind of reflects some of that as well. It's amazing. I was just thinking with like three girls and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter their age just over the last 20 plus years, whenever I get frustrated and I poke at my wife or she pokes at me instantly, my, my middle daughter will start poking at my oldest daughter. Like it literally is a hundred percent correlation to whatever I'm vibing with. I give that to my wife. I automatically put that in what I call the space in between. It's that land, that psychoemotional land that our kids live in. And so what you're doing is creating a space around you. The book was originally going to be called Space in Between because that space you're creating for your kids is your sense of self, your longings, your joy, your, your not only your, your, your heart's a magnet and it's an antenna. It's sending signals out and it's receiving signals. Bill, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because I really want to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor has been with us all year and we are so grateful and thankful for Best Fiends. That's friends without the R. And you can download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play and you will absolutely love it. I can tell you this because I play it all the time. And I want to give you a couple scenarios like... It's one o'clock in the morning and you're in bed, you pull the covers over your head so that you're not disturbing your partner that you know, they can snooze away. And I'm not flicking through grams or tweets or TikToks. Tonight I am scaling best fiends and I am on the leaderboard. And that is so much fun because see, I play with my siblings around the country and I play with my friends and with a lot of the social distancing that's going on, we can't get together, but I can go ahead of my sister and then 
you know, the next morning she'll be like, ha ha ha, I'm ahead of you now. And it allows us to be social, even though we're far apart. And with the holidays coming upon us, I think that is a super way to stay connected. And that's one of the favorite things about my game is anybody can play any age, anybody who has a digital device. And I'll be honest, I get a total rush when I get to another level or if a level is particularly challenging and I finally accomplish it. And that helps me de-stress. It helps me kind of step away from all of the you know nonsense that's going on in the world and the serious stuff in the world. And I can connect with my friends and family. I can have a healthy competition and it's fun. And I'm not bored. Um because there's new puzzles, there's new characters, there's there's music that I actually really like, and the colors are fun, and they clap and they cheer for you, and when you beat up the slug, you're like, pow, 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 and that actually makes me feel better. If I've had a bad day and I can go beat up on a slug, it's so much better than like yelling at my kids or yelling at my dad or yelling at my, my boyfriend. I mean, all these things... Um, have to go somewhere. And it's a really great place to put them, to put them in this little digital game. So there's over a hundred million downloads. It's a five-star rated mobile, mobile puzzle game. Try to say that three times, mobile puzzle game. And it is totally a must play. I play it. There are more levels and events and challenges added all the time. So you can just play away and never get bored. And once you've downloaded Best Fiends, you will have another outlet for all this stress and that anxiety that just kind of builds up and the fun never ends. So who doesn't love that? There are 5,000 levels and counting. So good luck with that. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. You will be so glad you did, and you will be able to find five minutes to do this. You know, we talked about taking five minutes to meditate. And Bill, I know you have some thoughts on that. Anybody that's listening, I know it's hard to find that five minutes. I mean, I could talk to my wife, you know, I'm always like, just sit for five minutes. She's like, I don't have time. I'm like, five minutes. If you can find the five minutes, get to that quiet place, get to your sacred place. I'm the same way. I love the bathroom. My, my meditation spots in my closet, my walk-in closet. That's my, <laughs> that's my sacred ground, you know? And I'll tell you what, I start the day with five minutes of meditation. My day is different than when I don't start my day with five day, five minutes of meditation. Absolutely. Exactly what you're talking about. Like night and day. Well, there's, you know, let's talk about morning rituals or morning routine. You know, Hal, El- Hal Elrod has a book out, you know, the morning miracle or the five minute morning miracle, whatever, whatever it is, you look it up. Yeah. Um, but the principle is that if you find your ideal morning routine and you can stick to it as much as you can, you'll be more productive. You'll be happier. You'll have a better existence. And I can tell you when I work out in the morning, even if it's just a 15 minute walk or a quick, you know, bike ride on my stationary bike, I have to have something physical to start off my morning or I'm slow the rest of the day. I need to have my, you know, meditation, or I, I just call it chanting. I do that, you know, thankful for my healthy body, thankful for my healthy mind. Sometimes it's like, I'm thankful for the money coming into my account. I'm thankful for my new car, even though I don't have a new car, you know, I I give (laughs) thanks for these things, but you know, I, I put them out there and you know what they, they change my state. And then I go into my 
my down into my kitchen and I see my kids and I've got teenage boys. So that can be sometimes not great. Sometimes (laughs) it's wonderful. Sometimes it's not, but on the not great mornings, I'm better capable to handle whatever's going on with them. And I can be a calming regulating force rather than a reactive. Now, Let's say I rip out of bed, like sometimes I have to get up really early. I feel like I'm shot out of a cannon and I, my phone isn't charged because it didn't sit in the cradle. My Fitbit watch <laughs> isn't charged because I forgot to plug it in. And it just spirals down from there. The batteries don't work in my electric toothbrush. And it's the last little crusty piece of toothpaste. And, you know, <laughs> just, I could go on and on. Everybody yes. knows that, that routine. And yeah. You know, you say like you got up on the wrong side of the bed. There is something to say with that because what that old adage is saying, you need to do things right in the early morning if you want to set your day up for success because otherwise it's really hard to regroup the troops. You nailed it. You nailed it. So two things on that, Lori, and so spot on. So the science behind what's happening when you wake up is that your brain is leaving alpha land it's really when you for the eight hours you're sleeping or seven hours that you're horizontally you're sleeping your brain's in a different state it's called alpha you get the theta it's really deep and slow and the brain and the patterns of your brain the brain patterns are slow and deep okay so now you wake up and now you're transitioning to the rational neocortex heavier energy faster energies quicker right they say that transits like sometimes people wake up grab a cup of coffee and so now they've they've gone from a speed of like 18 miles an hour to 63 Sure. Right? Boom. And they haven't given their brain a transition. And that's what you're saying. It's an ancient practice. Give your brain five minutes tran- transition from dreamland, dreamscape to heavy materializing rational adult brainscape, which is our world. So that's, that's, that's the science behind it. And then the second thing is that a lot of people struggle like, hey, I, I can't do it. I, I Bill, I can't relax myself. I'm like, I get it. And, and you're classic because you're an Aquarian. So the fact that you're doing this is even more powerful because the Aquarian mind is, is oh, running spins. Re- spins. And so um, it's harder for some people to do it. What, but what you and I are saying, what I'm really imploring people to do is regardless of what your brain is doing when you try to relax, just keep physically, just do it. And your brain will unwind. If it doesn't unwind today, it'll do it tomorrow. If it doesn't do it tomorrow, I'll do it from five years from now. But you have to find a place to let your brain slow down. And even when you're in that meditative state and you're thinking about all the things you need to do, don't worry about it. That's okay. In other words, just create the space for yourself to relax. And if you do it enough over time, you gen- it's a new muscle set. Mm-hmm. So what I tell people, they're like, oh, Bill, when I sit, I'm thinking about all these things. That's okay. Think about, allow it all to come up and just let it pass through, let, let it pass through. And I think that's the most important thing, Lori, is finding that time to just let things process. And if you're, again, if you're stressing, let the stress come up. You're going to give yourself a better way to understand it. Well, and I think sometimes music helps. And, you know, yes. you keep calling me Lori and it's Sandra. And I know you Sandra, know I'm that. so sorry. No, that's so okay. Sorry. I mean, I just I, didn't we were confuse. talking about Lori Johnson. I'm yes, so sorry. We love Lori Johnson. <laughs> Shout out to Lori Johnson because we're big fans of hers. Check out Lori Johnson. So com. Shameless plug for Lori. No, I, yes, I figured yeah. that's why it's coming up because we have to tell everybody to check out Lori Johnson. Psychic.com. Yeah. Oh She's yeah. fabulous. And I get in the stream. I totally apologize. Yep. No, no, not at all. And, you know, I figured it came up three times when I hear something 
three times, I think, okay, there's something I'm supposed to do. So I think shameless plug for Lori Johnson, psychic.com. She hasn't paid for She's amazing. any She's sort amazing. of promotion, but she is amazing. So check her out. Um, yeah. Lori, we love you. Um, you know, Bill. And that's how I found you. Right. That's true. That's how we got. Well, I love you both. <laughs> um, thank you. Right back at you. Um, you know, when we were talking about, um, you know, kind of getting into that state, I had to do a process, Bill. I couldn't just sit still. Okay, first of all, I have a hard time sitting still anyway. And then if I sit still, I have racing mind. And so kind of what I did with my meditation practice is the first thing I did was I switched to guided meditation. Like Mm -hmm. you can find them online. They're free on YouTube. I actually used Dr. Joseph Gallenberger's. Mm -hmm. Um, He's at in uh, North Carolina. He's a great guy. Dr. Joseph Gallenberger, you'll love his stuff. And he had an abundance meditation. He had a um, health meditation, you know, these things. And I could do those because basically it was like, okay, now start breathing. You let your shoulders relax. You know, it's kind of your typical thing. And then he would have this thing called a transformation box where he's like, okay, I'm going to give you, you know, 30 seconds to think about all the things that are bothering you. And I would take my kids in my mind by the scruff of their neck and I would throw them in the transformation (laughs) box. I'd throw my clients in the transformation box. I threw my dog, uh, Sophie, who was a pain in the ass. I loved her to death, but she was the pickiest little dog. I don't like the dog food. I throw her in there. Gum the gut. The, my dog used to gum his dog food. I'm like, what do you, it's your food. Like, right. I, I don't like this. And I'm going to spit it out at you. She did. She'd blow a ball of dog food at me to show me how much she didn't like it. You know, but I would throw all these things in the transformation box. And then he would have us close the lid. And he says, okay, now set that on a shelf, put it aside. You know, it was, I could do that because it was visually helping me gain control. Now, years later, Bill, I can just sit down for 30 seconds, you know, sit in a certain position, take my breaths, calm my mind, calm my thing. But I couldn't do that in the beginning. And in the very, very early stages, I had to listen to these guided meditations and walk at the same time because Mm -hmm. I I couldn't. I couldn't sit still. I couldn't focus. I couldn't do any of these things. So my process was to do it while walking, was to listen to a quick guided meditation, you know, a minute at first, then two minutes, then five minutes. Like you said, it's a muscle and it's a skill. So if you're listening today and you're like, oh my God, there's no way I could sit still yeah. for five minutes. I'm your girl. I was there. <laughs> and I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, Sandra, I mean, I really there's not everybody can do that right away. You're totally right. And so we had, I learned this technique 25 years ago where here's the most simple way. I'll keep it very brief. Close your eyes. And I was, I used to do this to my kids every night, close your eyes and imagine that you're in front of a whiteboard and in your right hand is a Marpee, a Sharpie, whatever. And then your left hand's a little piece of paper, a little napkin, draw the number 10. So in your mind, you close your eyes, you're in front of this whiteboard, you draw the number 10, when you see the number 10, you then erase it and draw the nine. And you go all the way down to zero. And what that is, is exactly what you're talking about. What it's doing, it's getting your mind to focus on a singular thing. And that's so the number 10. And then you erase it, draw the nine, erase it. And when you get to one, it, my wife used to say, oh, that's never going to work. She would pass out by four, yeah, right. <laughs> asleep. And she'd be like, oh, that didn't work. The point is... <laughs> You're focusing your eyeballs and your neocortex on something and it forgets all those things that it was wound up about and you get down to one and just see if you can get from 10 to one. The whole thing will take you three, four, five, six minutes 
and just stay at one. And then when you're ready, get up. And I think that to me is the most big, I do that with corporate executives. I do that with, in my therapy practice, everywhere I can get somebody to close your eyes and get in front of a whiteboard. And the things you can do once you relax is so powerful. It's exactly what you were talking about earlier. You can go, I, I take people back to fourth grade. I take, I have a, I have a whole kitchen meditation kitchen table meditation where you relax yourself and you go back to when you're in fourth grade and you're sitting in your kitchen. Why go back to your kitchen? Because there was a lot of stuff happening there, a lot of emotions, right? And we're storing all those emotions. So that's a longer thread, a longer story, but you nailed it. That guided meditation, 100% the best thing you can do, for, especially for the active adult mind. Well, it is. And I want to share with you, you know, you, you brought up a memory for me of, you know, what I would do with my kids when they were stressed out and little ones. And, you know, they still do this now because every once in a while, and I, I, I was going to Google the lady who taught me how to do this, but if you Google color cleansing, mm. um, I'll find her name while, while I learned so much stuff on your show. I've got like oh, a whole notebook. Me too. Stuff. That's the, 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 the greatest <laughs> thing about this. Um, but the color cleansing is really simple and you can do it with your little ones when they're stressed out and bill it's so simple i'll do it with you okay yeah so what color to you feels good for you right now blue, blue. okay now i want you to imagine every time you breathe in you're going to pull in the color blue through your heels so pull it in through your heels now where is the color in my leg and my hips and belly okay so it's all the way up to your legs hips and belly now i want you to take another breath pull that color in can you pull that color in higher and where is the color now rib cage rib cage okay another big breath i want you to pull that color into your body tell me where the color is now neck neck All right. I want you to take that color. Can you pull it all the way through your entire body? Yep. All the way up to your head. Yes, ma'am. So from your toes to your fingertips, to your, your tip of your nose, all the way to the crown of the head, you have the color blue in your body. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Now I want you to imagine the blue are all these little scrubby bubbles. And I want them to scrub all your cells clean, scrub all your body parts clean. It's cleaning your brain, cleaning your ears, cleaning your lungs, cleaning your kneecaps, cleaning your toenails. It's scrubby, 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 scrubby. Can you feel the scrubbing? Absolutely. So you should feel all tingly and wonderful. And now I want you to imagine they're scrubbing and they're taking all the, all the things away that shouldn't be there. What color are all the bubbles now? Are they dark blue? Are they brown? Are light, they light blue and white sparkles and dark blue underneath? The, still scrubbing with the blues. Yeah, light blue. Okay, so when you're ready, I want you to imagine that you're going to pull all that light out of the top of your head. And if you want to put your hands up and pull it out like taffy coming out of the top of your head, I want you to pull all the blue out of your body. And I want you to feel the white light come through from the bottom of your soles to your feet, all the way up to your head. So let's pull out all those scrubby bubbles that have collected anything that's in your body that shouldn't be. We're cleaning it out. 
So we pull it all out. And once you have all the, the, like, I think it's like taffy, you know, you sticky, pull, pull all that stuff out. Once you pull it all out, I want you to take a deep breath. Any of the dirty bubbles that are in there, I want you to blow out. Now I want to take your hand, rub the top of your head and close everything up nicely. And now you're ready to go to sleep. You're all shiny and clean from the inside out and you're beautiful and wonderfully made. Night, night. Can I just stay here for the next two hours? <laughs> you can stay here for the next two hours. Wow, that's sweet. <laughs> so from a, from a therapeutic point of view, this little color cleansing that somebody taught me how to do and I kind of modified it. Um, but that's pretty much the um, gist of it. Um, what, what, what were we doing there? We're using our brain other than thinking on something. We're using it to go into our body and by, again, taking it off task and bringing it a new creative task. And, and the science behind the power of our thoughts is just so beyond the pale. So what you're doing is you're bringing me in to my body and actually paying attention to it inside and just offering it thoughts that have content so it can relax. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it was amazing. I mean, and be, like you, because I've done so much relaxation and meditation, I can drop right in almost in an instant. I mean, I was sure. like in it, like I was in my, I had the little commercial scrubbing bubbles, scrubbing bubbles yep. in my lungs, in my shoulders where my neck pain is and, and in, in my back, like just, right. And then, you know, people are like, okay, that's crazy. That's not happening. Well, my, how do you know, how do you know, like, you know, our dreams were flying and doing all crazy things. Okay, that's imaginary, but is it imaginary? Is it happening somewhere? You know, the Native Americans say when we're dreaming asleep, that's the real world. When we wake up, this is just one of the dimensions of the real world. So you're really, it's, if people can do what you just did for five minutes, think of that. What was that? Three minutes, four minutes? I don't even think it was that. I mean, I feel lighter. Like, I feel like, well, yeah, that when we feel the scrubbly bubbies, bubbles, you know, and you get all tingly. You know, I think your energy state is changing and you're elevating your higher vibration. And I will tell you half of the time, my kids couldn't pull the taffy out of their head. They couldn't pat it around to shut the, you know, and it's just a cute little exercise, but you know, when you get to pick your favorite color, you already, you automatically change your state. You know, I don't think unless my kids were really mad or angry, sometimes they'd pick red or brown, yeah. but a lot of times they picked a color that they liked, you know, pick your, yeah. pick a color that you like, because that automatically right there thinking about something you like changes your state. Yeah. So that's, that alone is so powerful. And then in keeping it simple like that, it's colors, right? Like we can imagine a color, a blotch of colors, a splash of colors entering our body. You know, it's, it's, it's so simple and it's, yeah. And, and that really, you know, prayerfulness, I'll give you a statistic here. That's crazy. I read this 22 years ago, 
longevity and prayerfulness, spirituality, religiosity. It doesn't matter what religion. The numbers are staggering. The um, 95% of those that have more spirituality, more religiosity, do what you just did, relaxation, guided meditation, their longevity is, is like 10 to 15 years longer than those that don't. Right. And I think the reason why longevity is created is because the, when the body relaxes, it can process better. So if we're always in our brain, we're not giving our body that five minutes of processing, whether it's guided meditation or just slowing down. So the numbers are out and, the, and they're indisputable. Those that relax, whether, again, religion or spirituality, it doesn't matter. Prayerfulness helps you live longer. Well, so we know it's kind of scientific- digestion. You know, I did a whole show on gut health and, and I've done a bunch of shows on them and the concept of prayer and gratitude before we eat, Mm. Mm. it doesn't matter who you pray to. doesn't matter what you say. doesn't matter if you share with your family, but when you pause before you eat and you calm the body down, however you do it, you know, think of what a a prayer before a meal is calming the body down. Mm. You're actually preparing that body for better nutrient absorption. Because if you're upset, you're stressed, you're rolling, you've got all these different acids running through your body, your body's a different chemical composition than you are when you are rested at repose at, at, you know, and so if you want the best possible nutrition to come into your body, don't eat stressed, don't eat upset. So what does a prayer do? What does the power of prayer do? Whatever you pray, you know, look out stomach, here it comes prayer. (laughs) You know, nobody's asking you to change your belief system, but if you calm yourself down before you eat, it's a scientific proven fact that you absorb more nutrients. How about that for a kicker? That makes so much sense. It's funny. But my kids used to, they used to, I used to drive them crazy, but before we would eat, I would make them go around the table and say something nice about everybody, something that you appreciate about, and, and, and just, it, it's amazing appreciation. I don't even know where the word comes from, but it slows everything down. It, it does. really does. You know, well, and, I, and I think not that we're going to dovetail the politics, but you know, eventually we all have to appreciate everybody else's state of being. I need to appreciate you know, whatever my, my neighbor, you know, might like, or not might, might not like my parents, the politicians at some point, I just have to appreciate everybody's going through their stuff. Right. And it sucks. It sucks when somebody's stuff they're going through is directed at me or directed at a body of people. I get it. But ultimately it's not the stuff coming at me. It's how I react to the stuff. Right. And, you know, there's only one thing in the world that we can control, right? Sandra, there's one thing, and that's how we feel. I can't control weather, kids, the business, the politics. I can't control. I can control how I, re, I how I feel, aka how I respond. And what you're talking about is things that we can do to relax our body, so we can respond in a state of awareness, as opposed to responding in a state of reaction. Because what we're gonna when we hang up, we're gonna go back on the media, and we're gonna see all the crazy stuff that's going on, and it's gonna create all these reactions in us. Do I respond with grace and joy and and belief or do I, does it increase my frustration? And so if I can only control Bill, then the work's on Bill, you know, Um, works on me. Everything else is- 
Yeah. When you can't control yourself or you can't, you know, you're out of, out of alignment. Like this week, Bill, I had to drive like six hours in the rain and in, in oh. Southern California and then get, stay in a hotel. I had a meeting that didn't go well and then drive six hours back in the rain. And, you know, wow. California is notorious for wow. crappy drivers. I didn't know it rained in California. Well, it did. It hasn't rained for 180 days. And of course it ran, ran, rain. It rained in the two days that I had to do these long oh drives. Oh my gosh. You know, and I'm along the ocean thinking I want to see this beautiful ocean scenario and relax. <laughs> and it's like there's waves washing over and it was, you know, it was just really stressful. Wow. But so I come home to my kids and my boys were like, mom, I need this. I need that. You know, their grandpa watched them for two days. So they unloaded on me when I walked in the kitchen and then there's no, you know, they ate through house and home, yeah. they're teenage boys, they're hollow. I get that. <laughs> but at one point I was like, could you guys just give me a minute? Like I'm not even in the door. And I, I yelled at both of them. And then I'm like, you know, is there even a thank you in your vocabulary? And I was really rude. It wasn't, I didn't say it in my normal, like, you know, come on guys, like, you know, show yeah. some appreciation, yeah. some gratitude, you know, and I called them both selfish, which again, I was not in my best state. And I'm yep. like, you guys are so selfish. All you do is ask for yourselves. Did you ever think maybe I need to use the bathroom? Maybe I need to, you know, come in and have a, have a, have a cup of water, something, yep. you know, yep. and I'm like, you guys are so selfish. And then I went up and I shut the door in my bedroom. You know, I come down like, an hour later and they both, my older son had borrowed the car and they went to AMPM and they bought me a candy bar and they bought me a diet Coke, you know, which they know my go-tos Yeah, and they're like, we're really sorry, mom. We didn't see how stressed you were. And I said, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to call you names. And they said, no, we were selfish. And I said, you know, we just have to appreciate each other more and we have to give each other a little space. And you know, I should have said to you guys, look, just give me a few minutes to land in the house, you know, because I literally just brought my luggage in. Um, you know, when you come from appreciation, it's a whole different yeah. energy. You know, that little candy bar and the little Diet Coke, you Amazing. know, it could have been a diamond ring. Right. Because exactly. it was the whole point of being seen. And I think, you know, that's the thing about appreciation. And maybe our bodies work better when we appreciate the food, when we appreciate yeah. the car. And I think, you know, this week I'm going to, based on, you know, what we talked about on today's show, I always made a point to be grateful. You know, that's mm -hmm. a big part of my body and part of my day. But what about appreciation? You know, I'm appreciative. I appreciate you legs for taking me to spin class. You know, I appreciate you car for driving me to and from and keeping me safe. Like what would that do to my energetic state? Amazing. Amazing. It's so funny. I, when I used to, I do relaxation almost every night and there's times where I'm talking to my heart, like, Hey, thanks so much for storing all these emotions and stuff. I want to go back to the, 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 the wonderful moment when you come back, come into the kitchen and you have that confrontation. And so what, what a lot of relationships happen is that confrontation happened. It has to happen, right? Second law of thermodynamics, two bodies have to interact and then they'll balance out. They will eventually balance out if you don't give up, i.e., you know, and so you came in fired, they had their stuff and that frictions was a beautiful thing because what it did is it kicked up stuff, whatever it is. So you go back, you relax, they get aware and suddenly you guys come back. The things the, the friction created this bend and you guys come back and you're both more aware, you, you, two sons and you, two bodies, both more aware, more appreciative. The candy bar is there and the relationship just got deeper. 
Yeah. And it's through vulnerability. It's through you exposing your vulnerability of being frustrated when you came in. It's their vulnerability of, hey, I didn't get this, didn't get this. And they, they, you're both expressing vulnerability. It's when a vulnerability gets shared and there's no conscious awareness and returning to, to, to balance it out, why relationships break. And I think it's just beautiful scenario where your relationship with your boys just went to a different place because they, that, that single, that event will not happen that same way again. There'll be frustration, there'll be friction, but they both, both bodies know I could come in a different way and they could respond a different way. And you will, because now you're aware. And that's when the emotional body is talking to the adult. When the emotional body, you, you have to have the friction creates emotion then you come back and now you have your left brain, right brain, your rational and your emotional now in sync. They understand it now from a, from a young adult perspective, they need to do a little bit, a few things differently. And you understand. So it's, it's through the friction that we grow. And I just, I just felt that was a big growth moment for you guys. I think so. You know, I hope so. You know, I hope that when they see their wife someday or their child someday being yep. really stressed out, that maybe instead of coming in and pushing for what they want, maybe take a step back, show a moment of kindness and, you know, you get more from that. And I think, you know, for me too, I need to be more articulate with them. That says like, hold on guys, just give me a minute. Like, I think if I had just said, you know, just give me a minute, let me get organized here. Let me get my luggage in. Let right. me, you know, just don't bar bound me like or bombard me right in the door um but i think every family has that because you know you mentioned something about transitioning uh earlier in the show about like the mental transition between things and you know what i found and i think a lot of people are experiencing this when i first moved my company into my house i used to have a 35, 40 minute transition from work to home. I was corporate San. I got in the car. I returned my personal car calls. I started thinking about my grocery list. Sometimes I stopped at the market on the way home, picked Mm. up a bunch of stuff. When I walked in the door, I'm like, Hey guys, I'm here. How was your day? How was school? And I'm putting, putting food together. You know, everything was fine because I had that transition time. Now I leave my office, Bill, <laughs> and I have like six feet. Six feet of transitions, not the same. Yeah, yeah. and it can't. And yeah. and you know, and it's funny because I'm I'm doing this big job for for veteran women, military women, and the kids will say to me, "Mom, I'm not one of your Marines," because I will be ordering things <laughs> that need to be done. And when you work in a military environment, Bill it's not rude. It's like, I just need to know basis NTK. Like, here's what you need, Bill. Here's what I need. Let's get, let's go. And a lot of those social conventions that work in the household and the family or in corporate America, you don't find, like I had to relearn after working with so many military people, I had to relearn how to send an email that didn't come like a barking command. And so when I, I transition, I know exactly what you mean. It's yep. amazing. Three sentences in an email can be like, oh my God, did they just do that? Right. And I, you know, so to transition, it's almost a different language. It's a different way of being. It's a different way of thinking. So I will walk out of the kitchen from working with my military contracts and I'll go in the kitchen. I'm like, okay, you're on silverware. You're on plates, grandpa. You're <laughs> going to do this. I'm like, I'll get the, the spaghetti going. Max, get out in the garage and get the you know, there's no, would you please, could you, and they're like, okay, Commander Stan is in the house and, you know, but yeah, there's a whole different thing about transitions. I need to, when I go to my spin class, which I try to do at 4.30, even if I just do it in my garage, 
I have to do something in between military mom and big time and, and mom in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really, it, it, it's really powerful because, I, and I used to watch this in myself coming home from work because what you're describing is in our adult world, we're highly rationalizing, we're neocortexing, we're logic, right? And, but the home, I always say the home is the hearth, right? Hearth and home are the same. The language of the home is emotions, it's stuff, it's people interacting, it's relational. At work, I just got goosebumps. At work, it has some of relational stuff, but it's pure logic. And you're 100%. I used to come home and talk to my buddies, you know, guys that would come home and they would describe like what, what hits them. And it's this emotional stuff. And, you know, I didn't get this and the crayon's broken and you got to do homework. And, you know, it's like, whoa, it's like literally jumping from solid land mm-hmm. into a stormy water. And it's just figuring out the language and, and how, to, how for me as a male to, to understand that, not push back. My wife's like, you interrupt the whole flow, Bill. You try to set rules and it doesn't work at that time of day. So right. the witching they, hour. Yeah, That's it's it. a five powerful o'clock topic. is the witching hour. Right. And so it always comes back to me, to our main topic here of relaxing. Because when you meditate, the science of meditation, the science of relaxation, the science of guided meditation, doing that, that coloring uh, cleansing, the science of that is really simple. When you relax, when we're not relaxed, our left brain's operating here and our right brain's operating here. And there's a stem in between. They don't communicate naturally. When we stop and relax for five minutes, what happens is our left brain and right brains, the electrons between the two start to blend and meld, which means that's called emotional intelligence. That's EQ. Mm. That's the basis of EQ is merging the two. So what you're saying when you went upstairs after that interaction uh, you described earlier is you got your left and right brains to communicate. You're in yourself. You understood what was happening. You came down, you could communicate it. That is pure EQ. Emotional intelligence is so powerful. And we can only get it one way by blending the left and the right brain. Here's a powerful fact. Our IQ stops changing, stops growing at 16 years old. Your IQ, my IQ, Einstein's IQ didn't expand after 16 years old. The only thing that grows is our EQ, our emotional intelligence through understanding of self and experiences and life is the teacher. So it's just powerful that, like you said, you leave work, you're highly rationalizing, you're using your IQ. When you get at home, it's all EQ. It's all emotions. Well, and when you need help transitioning, like for somebody like me who works in military and technology, you know, that's not exactly the the warm fuzzies. (laughs) Um, One of the tricks that I used to do when I, before I would come in the door to my house, um, was and you have to remember I had a housekeeper nanny in my household because I'm a single mom. So some I, I wanted my kids at home. So Anna would work from eight to five and I would go to work and I would check in at lunchtime. You For know, you. sometimes wow. I would come home during lunch and eventually I moved my company into my house because it was too hard. But one of the tricks that I used to use, Bill, because she would have to get to the train by 615. Mm. I had to be home by five so that we could talk about the day we could transfer power, you know, the whole thing. (laughs) And my cheat, you know what my cheat was? A Dolly Parton song. I would pull in the driveway before I would get out before, you know, and the kids wouldn't, you know, they were little, so they wouldn't see me coming in or hear the car coming in. But there's this song like, you know, here you come again, looking better than a body Mm -hmm. had a right to. And nobody can be in a bad mood listening to Dolly Parton. I don't care yeah. if you hate country music, if yeah. you hate, hate oh. 
listen to a Dolly totally. Parton song. She is just so happy. The best. And before Amazing. long, I'd be singing along with Dolly Parton. I'd grab my work, you know, my big heavy computer bag and my my lunch bag, and I'd get out the door, and I was a different person. Just singing along to these, and I was like Pavlov's dog. Like I have to have my song. <laughs> yeah. If I don't have my song, I can't yeah. be okay. Yeah. But it's it so, does. Music will change your state faster than anything. It's amazing, right? So the, they, they say the three things that when we were in our mom's belly, there were three sounds. And these three sounds, when we hear them, automatically relax us, right? So they say when we're in our mom's belly for those nine months, 80% of the time, Sandra, mm-hmm. we're dreaming. Oh, 80% of the time in our mom's belly, we are dreaming. What are we dreaming of? I have no idea because we haven't started this life yet. But the three sounds are drumming, boom, 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 the heart, water, because we're in water, and wind. Oh, the breathing. So automatically, any kind of music, Dolly Parton, Hindu, all that music is going gonna, is gonna to catalyze a physiological reaction mm-hmm. that's going to get us to relax. And well, so, wouldn't we hear our mom's voice, too? And the voice, yeah, number four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. Powerful. And I remember when I, when I first heard that, I'm like, wow, those like drumming yep. is such a strong catalyst for relaxing. I'm like, why is that thump, thump, nine months, thump, thump, right? Um, so yeah, music, you know, is so good, you know, and, and, um, and it's hard though. Relaxing is hard. Let's, let's face it. Let's, you know, make sure everybody knows, like, I think you and I have been kind of at it for a while, but you know, those that haven't really tried it before, um, I'll keep coming back to it. Don't be dismayed. Like, right. don't, and it's don't... hard, but it's a choice. Yeah. And here's the thing. Hard is what you have to choose. Like in losing weight, you could eat too much and that's easier than yeah. not eating. You know, you could not go to the gym. That's easier. You know, when I look at the things that are hard, mm. It's hard to learn to relax. It's hard to learn to meditate. It's hard to get good at it. Just like it's hard to hit a baseball. You know, you're not going to go and hit a home run. You know, the kids that play the, I call them the Wii generation, you know, they're the video game kids. They expect to, (laughs) you know, be able to hit a serve over a net just because they played like hours of Wii tennis. And, you know, now granted they understand the game, they've learned a lot of things and, but you know, your body has to catch up. And that's the same thing with learning to meditate, learning to relax, making different choices. You know, instead of taking a diet Coke or a diet Pepsi, which I love, they did not pay for any endorsement today. (laughs) I switched my 430 slump from a soda and a candy bar to a fitness class. Love it. That was really hard for me, but I will tell you in all honesty, there were times and my kids will tell you this. I cried over a soda. (laughs) My kids were like, mom, you gave up soda, you know, and I was a diet Coke, diet Pepsi, diet Mountain Dew girl every day at four 30. And I would just hear (laughs) and automatically you'd feel better. Just an uptake. Yeah, Cause if you ever noticed a pop can, when you open it, it relaxes you. Cause it goes, ah, it's like a beer too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so my son's like, you gone like two months, mom, without any. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to AMPM. I'm going to get this. And he took my keys and he's six foot five. He's only 16, but he held them over my head and he goes, you can't get your keys now. I'm not going to let you. I actually cried. And he's like, mom, it's going to be okay. He goes, you're not, you're not dependent on the diet Coke. He's like, mom, give it up. Give it up. mom." That is so beautiful. And we were laughing after that. Cause he's like, I can't believe you cried over a (laughs) 
but it was what the soda represented like that was my crutch that was my anchor that was my relaxation so i wouldn't say that it was all smooth sailing yeah going to a fitness class instead of those things but and i would say i'm probably 95 5 95% of the time I go to my spin class, I do what I'm supposed to do. And then 5%, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to have my Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi, Diet Coke. And it's fine. The world doesn't fall apart because I think think it's, go ahead. I I think that's really important again for folks that, you know, struggle with, with, you know, finding that time and and kind of, you don't have to make a commitment for a lifetime. Right. And and then AA, we studied AA in social work school. AA is like, just do today. Right. right. Just do today. And I think, I think because our rational mind always wants to appear at, well, if I have to make a commitment to somebody said to meditate, then I just, I'm not going to do it. Like, we'll just try it once time today. I mean, I, I'm like you, I run pretty much every day, just a couple miles. And there's nothing more than I dread than walking out to the garage and getting my sneakers. I'm like, this is so miserable. Like I don't, but when I'm done running, whether it's 20, yes. 25 minutes, I come in and the world is a brand new day, whether it's seven o'clock at night, I do it at night with my, with my light on. I did it last night at eight 30 at night. I just have to move. And what it does, it kicks in the endorphins. It's all the science behind it. it gives you these endorphins. You come back. I'm like, I think I'm going to survive today. I think, I think it's going to work. Right. And again, right? just little snippets, little things we can do any part of our day, midday, you know, anybody that's at work or stuck in the house, even if it's pouring rain and you know, three degrees out, go outside, do something. Just those breaths you had me do in through my feet. Like, mm-hmm. I swear, I'm still, I'm still effortless. I'm still bubbling, humming. Yeah, humming, buzzing, tingling. Right? Yep. It's a great- but again, people that are listening, Sanja, that haven't done it before, it sounds wacky. It, it does. Sounds it sounds stupid. It sounds unrealistic. It's not rational. And that's my point. Let rationality, rationalizing run 75, 80%, 90% of your life. Just let it run 97%. Just give yourself 3% of non-rational time a day. Right. Well, well, I'm going to encourage everybody to think of this. This is one of the things that I learned working with the Marines for many years. And maybe it's the other branches. I don't know, because I worked primarily with Marines. So forgive me if I got this wrong. (laughs) Um, But battles are won or lost in the mind. Hmm. Hands down. So when it comes to when you're going to grab your sneakers in the garage, or it's like, friggin' roasting, you know, on the surface of the sun out here in Southern California. And I have to go out in my hot stuffy garage, open the garage door where it's even hotter and get on my spin bike. Oh God. Okay. Awful, awful. And it smells like dirt. Everything smells like dirt. (laughs) So there's nothing redeeming about it. And so, but the battle, the battle is in the mind, the battle, when you walk out to get your sneakers from the garage or your gym shoes, or Mm. I go out to the garage to my Mm. spin bike. Now that it's cold here up in Southern California, I have my spin bike up in my bathroom. So I have no excuse Unless it's filled with clothes. <laughs> it's drying your clothes. It's drying my tomorrow. clothes. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. going for a spin. Uh, my my <laughs> leggings are going for a spin. But yeah. but the, the whole battle is in the mind. Because it's yep. like, I don't want to go. It's going to be cold. I don't want to go. It's going to be this. I don't want to go. It's going to make yep. all these things. And then, you know, that's the battle. Because the yep. battle is not once you get started. Yep. The battle exactly. is in that mind before. And so I in, I challenge you, yes. if you're going to try doing a meditation just today, no time traveling, nobody's yep. asking you to go into the past. Nobody's going to ask you to go into <laughs> exactly. the future. No aliens, no spaceships. Yep. Just, just give me 
20 seconds, give me 30 seconds and take three deep breaths. See how you feel. And if you're feeling better, then, you know, because the battle, you can't battle this one in your mind. This is not yeah. a battle to, to, to lose. You nailed it. And, and you know, they, there's, there's kind of our lives are divided by our desires and our beliefs. This, mm-hmm. is, a, this is kind of an old um, kind of, not old theory, but Robert Monroe talked a lot about it in, in Far Journey and Ultimate Journey. He studied this for about 50 years. So our desires, what we really want to do, they live in our heart and our belly. Our beliefs live in our mind. A belief is just a thought we keep having over and over again. I'm not good enough. Um, I'll, I'll never lose weight. All these beliefs, right? But our desires, like, I want to lose. I want to be healthier. So you nailed it. If you can let your desire just bubble up, this desire to whatever it is you want to do, that the, this, this exercise is going to make you feel something different, just allow the desire to keep coming up and just swipe your belief right for a little bit. And I think that's the most powerful thing. It's life is based on desires and focus. It's not on intelligence. People are like, oh, that guy's just really intelligent. No, he's really focused on something specific and he's got a desire to do it. When those two align, it's going to move through. They say depression is the gap between what we desire and what we believe. Mm. And we have to get our beliefs to come in closer to our desire. And so just in this little microcosm, we're talking about meditation, relaxation, if you have a desire to know more, if you have a desire to explore more, if you have a desire to be slightly in a different place than you are now, the only get into your desire and just ruminate, dance with it, laugh with it, cry at it. And if you let your desires literally biomagnetically bubble up, it'll poke at your beliefs a little bit. That's what we're trying to do. Poke a little bit at that belief that um, I can't do it. I don't want to run. Running's never good. Meditation doesn't work. All those beliefs we have are fine. Let our desires come up and just talk to them a little bit for, for 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Love that. Love yeah. that. <laughs> All it's right, a belief well, world. It's a, it's a desire world that's, that's contained and held by a belief world, right? So it's our beliefs, it's religion, it's spirituality, it's, it's politicians. All these beliefs we have are capping us. So bring our desire world, infuse it with stuff with energy by relaxing and just let it move our belief world up. And suddenly our desire world is going to move past this, this maybe not based on the right stuff, belief world. Our beliefs typically what our parents unconsciously hand down to us. Right. So that's a whole other topic anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Well, we could do a whole, whole show on limiting beliefs. That's a good one. Yeah. And again, a belief is just a thought done over and over and over and over again. So how to undo a thought, relax a little bit, go for a run. We love that. We love that. Well, Bill, thank you so much for being my guest today. Where again can people find you? Uh, wholecounseling.com, like Whole Foods, but Whole Counseling. Um, and Any just books? Selfish plug here. Yeah. Waking Up Marriage, Finding Truth Inside Your Partnership came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, really happy with it came out and it really talks a lot about all this. So, um, you know, thank you for being so topical with my discussions, with our discussions. You're, you are a good friend and an incredible person. Thank you. You too. Right back at you. All right, Bill O'Haran, check out his other episodes on TogiNet. We'll be back again next week with another great episode. I'm so sorry. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.